Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, it's back in full swing. College basketball, March Madness, it's heating up and it's right around the corner. And don't forget, there is a $100,000 Bracket Madness contest at Bet Online, and it is the spot for all your bracketology needs. So Bet Online, it's got you covered for all the new scores, scores and odds, and it's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to BetOnline.ag on your mobile device and sign up today. It's free, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the pod. Wanted to talk to a friend of mine who I haven't heard from in a little while. Wanted to bring it back on, just talk a little NFL, maybe talk a little Carolina Charlotte sports, maybe talk a little tournament real quick. His name is Desmond Johnson. And he's the Believe in Carolina Panthers host for the Believe Podcast Network and also Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com's very own. Desmond, how are you, my friend? Good, man. Happy to be busy. Um, just thinking back to literally 366 <laughs> days ago or whatever when everything just kind of stopped. <laughs> and it's yeah, crashed. man. It's, a, it's amazing that we've uh, gotten to this point where we can actually talk about sports like this it felt like it wasn't going to happen again so glad it, to be with you <laughs> yeah let's just start here it all feels like it's kind of uh, it's rising right i just feel this wave we've got the tournament right around the corner we've got the second half of the nba coming mlb's just right around the corner to get their regular season started and nfl free agency the draft there's a lot happening right now it's a good time to be a sports fan Great, great time to be a sports fan and glad to uh, be on with you right now, my man. Yeah, good to have you back, Desmond. So let's just, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to bring you on the pod because the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears, they're in the news, a whole lot, a lot of rumors going around the NFL in the offseason right now. So I'm kind of reaching out to all these different teams that are either being rumored to being attached, linked to Deshaun Watson and or Russell Wilson. And I want to get their perspective. So Desmond, you know, as a Carolina Panther fan, analyst, expert, you know, what is your take right now on the interest level of the Carolina Panthers with Deshaun Watson? Do you feel like it's a, a, a plausible route that you guys might go down? And how does the fan base feel about it? Well, there, okay, so there's a lot of answers there. Um, yeah. <laughs> for starters, um, we were blessed with uh, head coach Matt Rule and new general manager Scott Fitterer giving us a press conference yesterday, which we weren't expecting, where they kind of addressed some of these things. And uh, actually had Skylar uh, Callahan from Sports Illustrated on uh, my show, Franchise Players, uh, we were talking about it because he was actually in the uh, the press Zoom for it, and I was watching it on YouTube, and it felt like they were making a very conscious effort to butter up Teddy Bridgewater during the during the uh, the conference. Mm. Uh, you know, just peppering him with with praise. He's a true professional, and he's our quarterback. But nothing definite that he was going to be the quarterback for the Panthers in 2021 uh, going forward. I think at this point. A lot of this has to do with Houston stalling because Houston has yet to say that Watson will be traded. In fact, they dug in deep, uh, even deeper today, saying With that Cully. they have yeah. he has zero plans to trade Watson and that they're totally committed to him. Although Watson sounds like he's played his last game in Houston. So it's kind of a game of chicken between Watson and Houston, and that's kind of stalled everything else around him. Um, I'm starting to think that Watson will not be in Carolina in 2021, simply because Houston's going to wait so long, they're not going to get the best deal available for him. I'm starting to come along the notion that Teddy Bridgewater will start 2021 as the starter for the Panthers, but I think they're going to use that eighth pick on a quarterback, and I'm starting to think it might be Trey Lance from North Dakota State, just because of where they're picking. 
uh, at the eighth spot, the, the, the quote unquote sure thing, like Trevor Lawrence will be long gone. The next guy after that would probably be the guy from BYU, which I think will be off the, the board by then also. And I think Justin Fields from Ohio State will be off the board by eight as well. And I don't think the Panthers are going to trade up and lose any draft collateral they may have as they're trying to you know stock this roster. So uh, as it stands right now, now, this could change next week, and it probably will. Uh, most of the fan base wants uh, Deshaun Watson, but not at the cost of Christian McCaffrey or other guys. Most of the fan base, it feels like, wants to build up the offensive line first and then go find a guy like that. So a happy medium in between would be Teddy's still under contract for two more years. They can't really let him go until after 2021 without really affecting the cap. So you keep Teddy Bridgewater. He comes into camp as the incumbent starter. You draft Trey Lance, uh, who by all accounts is a raw prospect. You bring him in. He sits under Bridgewater for a year. He learns the offense uh, that they want him to run there in Carolina uh, that was brought over by Joe Brady. That's why you keep Teddy. And then at the end of 2021, you cut Teddy Bridgewater and you turn it over to Trey Lance. Like, I I think that's what they're going to eventually do. We still got, what, like a month to go before the trap, so anything could happen between now and then. And uh, as it stands today, I think that would be the best-case scenario for them. But uh, as we know, uh, Joey, typically the best-case scenario is not the scenario that actually goes down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and also when the entire league is sort of hanging on the whims of the Houston Texans, which, let's be honest, you know, they're a mess right now, right? They're going through huge change at the upper part of their organization. Deshaun Watson has come out and says he doesn't want to play another snap for them, and yet they still aren't, as all reports are indicating, aren't taking those phone calls right now. And you brought up a really great point about the timeline. There is a little bit of a shit out or get off the pot situation with Carolina, our Chicago Bears, other teams that really need to start looking at free agency, start looking at this draft. And you guys are in the advantageous position of being in that top 10 to maybe get a bite at the apple of some of those quarterbacks. I do want to ask you, though, it was a previous rumor. Seems like it's been pretty much squashed at this point. But what was your general take and what was the response from Carolina Panthers fans about Christian McCaffrey being involved in whatever a Deshaun Watson trade would trade framework would look like. You know, it's funny because uh, I don't remember people complaining when he signed the extension, the 56 million four year extension that made him the highest paid running back in NFL history. I don't remember anyone really complaining about it at the time. Everyone pretty much said, you know, he deserves it. He's more than a running back. He's basically, he's basically kind of a, a new style flanker type position where, kind of what Curtis Samuel was in this offense with him gone where yes, running back is position number one, but he can also line up wide. He can line up in the slot. Uh, he can do a number of things. He's really a four down back. So uh, the money didn't bother me until, well, it never, it still didn't bother me to this day. He got hurt. And that's when the, the fan base kind of split a little bit in terms of, ah, uh, well, you can't pay that much money to a running back and all these other things that most people in the fan base don't understand that while he got that deal, it's still fairly team friendly. I think the most the Panthers will pay him in a season is like $12 million. And for a top three, if not the de facto best running back in the NFL when he's on the field, I think that's a bargain. So when his name started getting peppered into uh, the trade talks for uh, anyone, really, I just laughed at him because most of the fan base doesn't understand that McCaffrey's deal, his extension hasn't kicked in yet. It kicks in this season going forward. And it would have been such a massive dead money hit to the Panthers to trade him in year one of an extension, like $25 million or something crazy like that. The Panthers aren't going to trade McCaffrey for Watson and eat $25 million 
on top of the 37 million or whatever it is that Watson gets yeah. on his deal for the next like four years. It just didn't fiscally make sense. So it wasn't so much I didn't want them to trade for Watson. It was just if, if McCaffrey has to be part of a deal, it's not going to happen because mathematically there's no way to really do it. And I know they just restructured McCaffrey's contract uh, earlier this week along with uh, Shaq Thompson to make some room. And now the Panthers have $30 million in cap space, but I assume they're going to use that to, to rebuild the, uh, the offensive line and to basically run this back with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, at quarterback, and a healthy Christian McCaffrey. I think that they think they're a playoff team with another draft under their belts and uh, what they already have currently constructed there. Well, yeah, and isn't it also, isn't it also fair to say that when they did sign Teddy Bridgewater to money, they were thinking that you know his uh, decision-making and his accuracy combined with Christian McCaffrey, who's going to have a high usage rate, was going to be a winning combination. And what happened last year? McCaffrey, you know, just wasn't on the field. You know, you never really got to see it for a long stretch. So, you know, maybe that combo can actually work. You just haven't really seen it. You never even really gave it to chance, gave it the chance. And if you were just going to bail on McCaffrey, it sort of just felt like maybe like, uh, you know, ships passing in the night of what could have been in terms of that duo teddy's main issue which came to, most of his warts came out by the end of the year because there was no christian mccaffrey there so it was falling really on teddy bridgewater's shoulders and he's never really been that quarterback if you look at him throughout his entire career he kind of is what he is he's going to be a high completion guy he's not going to really threaten deep like he's not going to take the top off of your defense and really at all um and defenses started figuring that out about halfway through the season and they shortened the field so that that really affected um, the way Carolina did things offensively without having that that you know Swiss Army knife and Chris McCaffrey in the backfield. But uh, now will now will they go after someone else at quarterback if something presents itself and they think it's a better situation? Absolutely. I don't think this Panther regime is married to anyone uh, on the roster, and they I think they're they're being truthful when they say that they will be very aggressive and be in the middle of all deals going around. Uh, with the addition of Scott Fitter at GM, I think their their goal to, when they freed up this money was so that they could be in a position to be aggressive going into free agency, even though rules said that he didn't think they would be yesterday. I, that took all that. It's just smoke. <laughs> they're, they're planning on doing some moves here in the offseason, I'm pretty sure. Let's take a quick break and have a brief moment to talk about our new sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the best pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of what did I say? Authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees and sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now back to the pod. Yeah. So like in your opinion, you know, are you on the side of if there's a deal out there to move up, I mean, would you take a Justin Fields? Would you prefer that? Would you prefer maybe a Zach Wilson over a Trey Lance? Or do you kind of like where they're sitting a little bit? You don't have to burn that draft capital and kind of see what you got with a high ceiling guy like Trey Lance. I feel like it, it's it's Trevor Lawrence and then it's the other three quarterbacks, like a tier below him. Mm-hmm. And so basically I have to ask myself, would I trade up for anybody in tier two? And the answer is no. I, I don't think I would trade up for any of those three guys. Would I trade up for Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. Um, but we don't have enough to really convince Jacksonville to do that. Now I've heard I don't think anybody does. I think it's uh <laughs> I think it's signed, sealed, delivered, you know. 
Now I've heard that uh, there's a possibility, and we'll throw this out there into the internet world, that Jacksonville might trade out of the number one position uh, and so that they can draft Justin Fields further down and get some extra picks because oh, Urban wow. Meyer recruited Justin Fields to come to Ohio State from Georgia. Um, I've heard that. I don't know if it's something – because Jacksonville is pretty bare in terms of what they have on the roster, so getting some extra picks out of it and still getting a quarterback that knows Urban Meyer's system, I can kind of see that. But does Urban want to go through – being uh you know lambasted for the rest of his professional coaching career for it's a it's a second guess it's yeah it's a second guess before there's a snap played right exactly right so i don't know if he wants that kind of cloud over him and trevor lawrence is pretty much going to be uh a sure thing in the nfl i don't really see any reason to believe he's going to be a bust of any kind uh unless he just gets you know you know uh piss poor handling from whatever team he lands on which could happen in jacksonville but (laughs) i i think that's going to be uh LB Lawrence won. I think uh, one of these quarterbacks is going to fall. They, one quarterback always does, and I think it's going to be Justin Fields. It's usually a, mm. a guy you don't expect to fall pretty far. Uh, I've seen Fields attached to a couple of places, Atlanta, uh, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're picking fourth. Yeah, Atlanta's um, four. And then my question was, do you, when you say fall, do you see do you see you mean fall like fall to 12, 13, where that San Francisco, where Denver can move up area, that kind of thing? If Justin Fields is sitting there at eight and Carolina still has the eighth pick, I don't think he gets past Carolina. I think Carolina mm-hmm. would, would pick him if he's there. They'd have to give up anything to get him. I think they'd be fine with that. Uh, if, Car- if Carolina does not, like say, say Trey Lance and Fields are both sitting there at eight and Carolina gets to choose between the two and they go with Lance, then, yeah, it could be a minute before somebody picks up Fields. It could be another Aaron Rodgers-type situation, although I would not be surprised to see a team like San Francisco – uh, pick him up if he's sitting there at 12 they'll probably rush to the podium so um there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of movement i don't think mo hyper's right in terms of there being uh four quarterbacks in the first four picks of the, of the draft this year that's never happened before that'd be crazy i don't think it'll happen yeah I, I don't think that's gonna happen um but hey over the past 12 months if it's taught us anything is that anything can anything's possible anything can happen so <laughs> yeah especially in the nfl and especially with quarterbacks i got i got two more for you just doing a quick hit here with desmond johnson from believe in carolina panthers on the believe in podcast network uh a question for you you know there's a lot of blogs out there chicago bears blogs a lot of nerds getting into it about talking about what the bears could be adding wide receiver wise curtis samuel samuel's name pops up pretty fairly often on a lot of these different blogs just tell the bears fans a little bit about you know what you like what you don't like about curtis samuel and do you think he's a, a solid addition to a, a football team I think he is in the right offense. Um, he kind of floundered first couple of years with us due to injuries. Um, he had issues with his ankle. I think he had another issue with his leg. I'm not, if I remember correctly, he had some sort of issue with his heart, like rookie year. There was like a heart murmur or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to that effect. This year was the year he finally got a chance to show out. Uh, and he was spotlighted in Joe Brady's offense due to the absence of Christian McCaffrey. They basically ran him as a dual wide receiver running back type of uh, position because we didn't really have anybody at the running back position. Uh, so they, they basically ran him there and it gave him some flexibility because you didn't know where he was going to line up or what he was going to do. And I, I was really impressed with Curtis Samuel. Now I think Carolina wants to keep him and I would imagine moving the, mo- the money around was an attempt to be able to make an offer for him but I think Curtis is going to command more on the open market. And I would imagine he's probably going to be gone. And actually a team we just spoke about will probably be one of the places he lands. I could see Curtis Samuel in Jacksonville. Mm. Uh, keep in mind, he's an Ohio state wide receiver. He oh, played call. and got recruited by urban Meyer. 
Uh, he may be comfortable going back to there and knowing that offense instead of starting fresh, brand new. If he's got to go someplace, why not go someplace where you're going to be at least familiar with the terminology of the offense? And you're going to have Trevor Lawrence throwing to you. And you'll be in the AFC and a fairly weak AFC South. So if I had to guess, I would say we probably lost Curtis when we when we tagged Taylor Moten. And I would assume he's going to go to a place like that, uh, either to Jacksonville where he knows Urban Meyer and he'll have the you know number one pick of the draft thrown to him and he could be the number one option day one. Or uh, he'll be back in Carolina because I don't know if any contenders will have enough money. Uh, to sign him final question for Desmond Johnson just tell the good people tell the listeners you know in terms of the sports landscape in the you know Charlotte Carolina area right now what is the hottest story right now is it is it LaMelo ball is it Duke uh, you know out of the ACC tourney is it college basketball March Madness coming up or is it the Carolina Panthers will they won't they draft a quarterback will they won't they maybe trade for Deshaun Watson what's the hottest story what are people talking about right now as it stands today, it would be Duke missing the, the rest of the ACC tournament. Weird, uh, right? And, and ending their season basically due to COVID. It's weird because Duke kind of had this, I don't want to call it a snooty attitude about it, but all the other teams in the ACC are staying in hotels in Greensboro, like at Grandover, where if I'm not mistaken, each team has a floor to themselves. So they're not interacting with each other. Food's brought to them. They're bused separately back and forth to the Coliseum, which is 15 minutes away. Uh, in Greensboro, Duke decided that they weren't going to stay in the hotel and they were just going to drive back to Durham every night. So they've been commuting from Durham back to Greensboro each day for the ACC tournament, which in theory, you, you would applaud Duke for being super overly cautious, which they have been all, the entire year. Don't forget the Duke women's basketball team canceled their season Christmas Day uh, because of COVID. They were just like, you know what? We're just dropping out of the whole thing. The problem is, the person that was uh, infected with COVID was a walk-on for Duke who actually played on Tuesday. He's back on campus, but he was on the bus with the rest of the team, the coaches, the staff, everyone for the 45 minute trip from Durham to Greensboro. And then the 45 minute trip back from Greensboro to Durham. If Duke had just decided to stay at a hotel in Greensboro, like everyone else is doing other than say Wake Forest, who was literally 20 minutes away from the Greensboro Coliseum then they would be playing tonight. Like literally they'd be playing tonight because they would have been able to do contact tracing. They would have been able to figure out who was around said player. And to be honest with the NCAA saying, if you got five guys healthy, we're going to let you play in the tournament. The ACC probably would have made some sort of bending of the rules for Duke as well. If it, they could contact trace and see only one player or two players or, or around that guy, then, they, then Duke would be playing Florida State tonight. But they're not because they were super cautious. They decided they were going to do it this certain way and it ended up being so cautious ended up costing them in the end. And to be honest with you, Joey, I was getting a little upset that Duke was even in the bubble conversation to begin with because they were a 500 team at the beginning of this week. It just hasn't and, been a good year for the Blue Devils. And, and, and yeah. people are still talking about them like, they still got a shot. They can still get in. I'm like, they're they're 11 and 11. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? So to me, it was kind of a merciful end for the Blue Devils this season. I was catching the vibe from Coach K that he – wanted out of this season a number of times for various reasons. And now it's just come to an end with a whimper instead of a bang. But for the Duke fans out there that thought you guys had a chance to get into the, the tournament and all this other stuff, they would have had to literally run the table and win five games in five days in the ACC uh, to win the ACC tournament to guarantee getting in. And no one's ever done that before. There's nothing on this Duke squad that suggests they were going to be able to do that for five days straight. So that's probably the biggest thing that's been talked about in North Carolina as of today. 
Uh, the Hornets coming back would probably be right there behind it. And then, of course, Panthers uh, quarterback talk. Yeah, in terms of Duke, amazing, iconic, legendary program. Almost untouchable, but, you know, a little taste of hubris every once in a while isn't the worst thing in the world. And and obviously Duke will probably come back and there will be a great basketball team again. But, you know, you know, teams teams can be bad. <laughs> teams can play 500 Duke fans. I hate to like kind of break it to you a little bit. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously next year, you know, they can get just reset, maybe chalk it up to, to you know, all the situation, how difficult everything's been for sports in general. And maybe sports will be a little bit different next year. And we'll sort of see what happens. Desmond Johnson, we're going to spring you. Thanks so much for coming back on the pod, man. Believe in Carolina Panthers and the Believe Podcast Network. That is his podcast. Also, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Desmond, man, great to talk to you. Great to see you again. Thanks for coming back. Absolutely, man. Anytime you need me, uh, you know where to find me. Love talking sports with you. And I got to get you on uh, our mid-morning show franchise players here maybe sometime next week to talk uh, – some NFL stuff because I'm hearing Deshaun Watson getting connected to you guys at <laughs> the Bears. Uh, up there, so yeah, I, I would be honored. I would too. be honored. I would be thrilled. Um, anyway, that I don't have to talk about Mitch Trubisky anymore. I'm totally game, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it would be my absolute pleasure to come on, man. Yeah, you can count on me next week for sure. We'll talk about it. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, enjoy the day, man. Thank you so much. This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you go on your mobile devices, sign up for free. You get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for listening to this pod today. we got more stuff coming next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to this pod. Until then, be well, be safe, be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.